for a single soul. Reaching a further and stepping in closer. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. Welcome to Living Life. Yesterday, we found out the fourth cause of Job's affliction. Job's friends not only mocked him and scolded him, but they also accused Job in public, not in private, so that their false accusations spread all over the town. And now people in the community were heaping insults and scorn upon Job every time they saw or thought about him. This torn Job's heart apart, and he wept, and his eyesight almost failed because of that. And he was saying how hopeless his situation was. Today, in chapter 18, we're going to see Bildad's response to Job's speech. This is his second response to Job. Previously, Bildad and Zophar had each spoken once to Job, and Eliphaz has spoken twice. Let's see what we learn from Bildad's second response to Job. Let's read today's passage and come back. Job chapter 18, verses 1 through 21. Then Bildad the Shuhite replied, When will you end these speeches? Be sensible, and then we can talk. Why are we regarded as cattle and considered stupid in your sight? You who tear yourself to pieces in your anger, is the earth to be abandoned for your sake? Or must the rocks be moved from their place? The lamp of a wicked man is snuffed out. The flame of his fire stops burning. The light in his tent becomes dark. The lamp beside him goes out. The vigor of his step is weakened. His own schemes throw him down. His feet thrust him into a net. He wanders into its mesh. A trap seizes him by the heel. A snare holds him fast. A noose is hidden for him on the ground. A trap lies in his path. Terrors startle him on every side and dog his every step. Calamity is hungry for him. Disaster is ready for him when he falls. It eats away parts of his skin. Death's firstborn devours his limbs. He is torn from the security of his tent and marched off to the king of terrors. Fire resides in his tent. Burning sulfur is scattered over his dwelling. His roots dry up below and his branches wither above. The memory of him perishes from the earth. He has no name in the land. He is driven from light into the realm of darkness and is banished from the world. He has no offspring or descendants among his people, no survivor where once he lived. People of the West are appalled at his fate. Those of the East are seized with horror. Surely such is the dwelling of an evil man. Such is the place of one who does not know God. Welcome back to Living Life. In response to Job's pleas for a comforter and an intercessor, Bildad came back with a series of questions. Let's see what the first question is in verses 1 and 2. Then Bildad the Shuhai replied, When will you end these speeches? 
be sensible, and then we can talk. Bildad said, when will you end these speeches? This is his response to Job's comment. In Job 16.3, he says, will your long-winded speeches never end? Job said to his friends, you guys are talking too much. Bildad was replying, no, Job, you are talking too much. And he said, be sensible, and then we can talk. Meaning, don't you understand, Job, that you have to repent so that you can be restored again? Be sensible. Bildad didn't come to Job to comfort him. The way he talks like the rest of Job's friends, very argumentative and tremendously inconsiderate of Job's situation. Let's see Bildad's second question in verse 3. Let's read verse 3. Why are we regarded as cattle and considered stupid in your sight? Bildad was saying, Job, you are thinking that we are stupid like animals? What he was saying is nonsensical because Bildad thinks that Job is arrogant, self-righteous, and exalting himself in wisdom and knowledge. But as a matter of fact, Job's each friend makes himself as an arrogant and self-righteous and judging Job. It is like three men are ganging up and say, Job, you are arrogant and self-righteous. Who is imposing whom? If three men argue and fight against one person, who's going to win? The truth is that God, Job's friends are more arrogant and self-righteous than Job. Let's read other two questions in verse 4. Let's read verse 4. You who tear yourself to pieces in your anger, is the earth to be abandoned for your sake? Or must the rocks be moved from their place? Same thing is happening again and again. In Job 16.9, Job said, I paraphrase, uh, God, you tear me to pieces. And Bildad is responding, no, Job, you are tearing yourself to pieces in your anger. It's not God, it's your sin which causes you to suffer. The final question is, Job, do you expect from God that he will change his divine law in order to save you? Here we see uh, Bildad's sarcasm. He is saying that instead of saying, I have to change, are you saying that God should change? What a spiritual prayer you are, Job. What's the takeaway today from Bildad's series of questions? If you try to comfort people who are in suffering, don't try to be spiritually arrogant and self-righteous and try to teach the person and correct the person. Do not try to give solution. If you really want to help the person who is in hardships, this is what Pastor Rick Warren said. I'm just quoting his statement, but word by word. Be there and shut up. Yes, the more the person suffer, the less will be your words. What a suffering person needs from us is not our words. It's our presence. We just sit next to the person and shut up. We just hold the person's hand or give the person a warm hug. That's it. No words are necessary. Let's read verses 5 through 7. The lamp of the wicked man is snuffed out. The flame of his fire stops burning. The light in his tent becomes dark. The lamp beside him goes out. The vigor of his step is weakened. His own schemes throw him down. Bildad is basically saying that a wicked man will face the darkness of death. Yes, although Bildad is spiritually arrogant, self-righteous, 
tremendously argumentative and inconsiderate, Job's suffering, um, what Bildad is saying from verses 5 through 21 is all correct and true. Indeed, all wicked people will face darkness of death because Hebrew chapter 9, 27 says, just as people are destined to die and after that to face judgment. And what is the judgment? Revelation chapter 21, 8 says, but the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Yes, there will be the eternal punishment for wicked people. Oh, I don't believe in eternal punishment and eternal punishment because God is love. Really? God is yeah, God is love, but God is also holy and just. Do you think Stalin and Hitler, who murdered millions of people, escaped God's judgment and uh, punishment because God is love? I don't think so. God is holy and just. Therefore, all wicked people who do not repent and trust Christ will be condemned. However, this is what Jesus said in John, uh, in John chapter 5, 24. Verily, uh, very truly, I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has crossed over from death to life. Yes, we all deserve to receive the ultimate punishment from God and die eternally because there is no righteous, no, not one. But there is a good news. Jesus Christ took our sins and died on the cross on behalf of us. Therefore, if we trust Jesus Christ, the Bible says that we are saved. We have crossed over from death to life. This is the real good news. Let me finish today with two questions. How do you comfort your friends who is in suffering? Do you really believe that our God is holy and just to all people? Let's pray. Dear God, there are so many people who are in suffering and in despair. Lord, help us that we can be a true comforter to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing your soul, the cheer of all the stepping in prosa, see